Welcome, all you wiretappers out there. Good to be back here in the studio, Gangland Wire. You know, retired Kansas City Police Intelligence Detective Gary Jenkins here. And I have a really interesting, different sort of an interview. We've got a man from Sicily. I, I started noticing this man on our podcast page, Gangland Wire Podcast, was posting. And he has a book that he's written, and, and it tells about his life, you know, both in Sicily and when he came over. And when he came over, his family ended up, you know, getting jobs and, and being around some of the Bonanno family. So he has he has a lot of experiences with this from, shall we say, from the from, not really from the associate side, not even associate, more like from just somebody that lived in the neighborhood and people that had to do business with mob guys and, and with his roots in Sicily. So his name is Jack Amato. Welcome, Jack. Thank you for getting me to your show, <laughs> right. inviting me to your show. <laughs> well, I'm really anxious to have you now. Uh, a Father's Belief, Part One, that's the name of your book, correct? Yes, yes. All right, and you can get that on Amazon, I believe, can't you? Yes. All right, good. We'll, uh, we'll have uh, links to how you click on to get that book, and, and in the YouTube version, I'll have a picture of it whenever we talk about it. Every once in a while, we'll, we'll have a picture of it so people will know what it looks like. and then. Go on the Gangland Wire Facebook group, and Jack posts quite a little bit, and he, he'll post a little bit about his book every once in a while and have a link to it and tell some stories from, from his childhood and growing up in, in New York City. But first of all, Jack, we just talked a little bit, and you have a really fascinating backstory in Sicily before you got to the United States. So tell me a little bit about, and tell the guys here a little bit about you know, where you came from, what, what area was that in Sicily, and, and what was life like over there? I was born in Carini, Sicily, province of Palermo. The location of the town, it was on the hill, and then there was the mountains surrounded and the sea. My family were fishers by trade. It was a town with aquaculture, meaning, you know, fruit, vegetable, everything. Cows, sheep. So there was a different type of people there, different group. We call them, if you were connected, we call them mafios. Okay, that's a like a May guy. Would you translate it in English, you know, over here? So things were not good. I come from a big family, 10 kids. I was the ninth. Yeah. So we had to bring the family over to USA, America. So yep. there was a matchmaking with my older brother, with another Italian girl, Sicilian, and uh, he was the first one to come to America. He went to work for a local showman in Brooklyn, Red Hook, section of Brooklyn. And then my father came along, came by himself. He was 54 years old. When he, he so now, to, let me ask a question here. Your brother came first because of a matchmaking somebody's couple of families got together and, and who were already over somebody was already over here is that how that worked yes 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 how, how did that work then i mean i'm just okay there was a somebody from carini there was a cousin of my mother cousin first cousin mm-hmm. that was coming to america so my mother said to him i wish a could put one of my boys in your suitcase to take him to America, you know? So with that, he never, you know, he never forgot that. 
But when he came and lived in Brooklyn, there was this uh, Italian family that they, they wanted to marry somebody from Sicily. So they knew each other because he worked in the longshoreman too. The husband did. So that's how the matchmaking came about. You know, uh, so they show pictures each other. You know, that's what I mean, matchmaking. <laughs> I they see. They send a picture. Yeah. A picture. They liked each other. And, you know, my brother would just finish the Navy. He was like 22 years old, you know, when he got out and started going fishing again. But things weren't working out for the future. So really, that, that was the idea they were going to come to America. So I'm very impressed about my father that he did that at 54 years old. Really? But really? for me, he was like a man's man, you know. He was he was a tough man to come 54 years old. Most people at 54, they want to retire. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So now your father, he was a fisherman in your village? For Ruth, from the beginning. So, how did he, I mean, did he have his own boat, went out and caught fish and then brought them yeah, in and, yeah. and sold them, gutted them and cleaned them and then sold them at a, a market that anybody could come by or did he sell them to a company that processed them out? At, out how was it, what was his day-to-day -day life like? Well, people would come by the boat to buy the fish, either for restaurants, regular people want to fish fish. And then whatever's left, we will sell it to the public. They will go out calling out, you know, what they have, what kind of fish. Octopus was very popular and all different fish. So you go block by block and sell it in the street. Whatever was left over, then you would sell it to the fish market <laughs> for whatever reasonable price. But first they would sell it to the people, the public. Yeah. So that's what it did. So then whatever's left over after all that, that you guys ate, I assume. Oh, yeah. We have <laughs> you ate a lot of fish. <laughs> yeah. And what we used to do to have, we used to sometimes give it to the butcher, the fish, and we would get the meat. Uh -huh. You know, like instead of money, they would change it between meat, whatever, vegetable. And oh, get I, fish I see. Because there was not too much money. Yeah. Yeah, I see. You know? So you, you were 10 of you guys, 10 kids, 10. So I, I guess all the boys worked on the fishing boat at one time or another. The older brother, I used to go to be, how do you say, a young boy, you know, want to go fishing with the brothers. And uh, more I used to be in their way than actually fish. <laughs> I never fish. I go swimming in, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that was the thing, you know, watching my brother fish. Yes. Yeah. We have more than one boat. No. Oh, okay. We have more than one boat. There was a bigger boat with all the fishermen. Like I said, it's a group. There was association that, that they would go fishing, real for tuna, mm -hmm. big fishes, you know. Yeah. And the the what do you call it? The town hall. They would get some kind of benefits because they will they would help feed the people. So they would get some kind of money given to make sure they operate good. I mean, have enough sources to go out fishing. You know, the gasoline, everything, all the tools, the net. So, you know, the government were, I mean, the politicians were involved there. Interesting. For political reasons. 
not unlike in the United States, you probably don't know much, much about this. I grew up on a farm and okay. in, uh, in the United States, the government, we have the, the USDA, United States Department of Agriculture, and farmers can then apply for low-cost loans. They can get different things through the government to make sure, because the government wants to make sure there's enough food that's always yes, provided. Exactly, so it's the same exactly. thing. Interesting. Same thing. Yes. Yeah, same thing. Yes. So there were that, but there was no money, you know. I mean, people yeah. had no money, they were strapped for money, so there was not too much money going around. And, and he just decided, my mother and my father decided that we got to make a move, we can't stay here. Yeah, these kids are gonna go nowhere, you know. And like I say, I was 12. Where well, am I gonna go? <laughs> there, how, how many were left at home when you they made the move to the United States? Well, we were. Actually, eight. 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 My older sister was married, and my other brother got married, and then the, the other one got married. So we were seven of us came in. Yeah, all right. So, so this little village that, that you lived in, how big was it? Oh, 25 to 30,000 people. Oh, it's, I say little village a little yeah, bit. No, little, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's why I said there was a lot of business there with cattle, sheep. And the sea, so there was a lot of product, but not too much work for the people. Okay. What else to do? There was no factory. But if you go today, it's all changed. Yeah. It's all the industry there now. It's all, you know, it's a different thing. I mean, the, the business world is there now. They don't need to come to America. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So was there much tourist? Trade in in your set your town. Yeah, right now it's big. Yes, it's big because, now. Yes, they redid the castle. They do shows in there. You know, it's called a Baronessa di Carini. It's historical. Okay, so they, they rebuilt the castle, so a lot of people do go there. There's a lot of towns now by the water. It's all changed. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of villas. People who retire, they go back there. Mm-hmm. So not for me. <laughs> yeah, right. I like you and say it, it's like it's on the water. Then it, it well, we're in the, the hill, so it's like twenty minutes from the water. But oh, from okay. the hill, you could go and look at the ocean. Okay, all right, yeah, you that's important. Yes, I, beautiful I view. Yeah, right. You could go on the mountains, see all the valleys, yeah, all everything. But like I said, now it's got more populated with houses mm-hmm. because people. Go back to Sicily for the summer, and then they work here. They got business, but then they will go back and live in that villa for the summer. Mm-hmm. You know, people that are very successful. How far are you from Palermo? Thirty minutes. Thirty. Oh, we are real close to Palermo. Yes, yes. Probably a lot of uh, wealthy people in Palermo have the summer house out in in a town yes, like your. Yes, they come down. Yes, for the, the bourgeois. <laughs> the... Yeah, like a vacation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then on back inland, did you travel much around in Sicily? What's that like? What are the roads like, for example, around there? Are they just pretty small? Everything's paved, I think. But yeah, it's in the, in the town itself, it's uh, yeah, paved. The cars are very congested. I mean, it's, now they got a lot of cars. You can't even park the cars. There's no room. So it's like very, very congested. You know, so, but when you go out of the town, the streets are big. 
Okay. You know, they've been building. You got the highways now from the airport, goes to right straight to Palermo, but then you go past all the town. See that the, the, the towns are located all in the hill. Beautiful. It's like being an island. You ever been an island? Yeah. Yeah, Ireland. Ireland. It's like Ireland. Interesting. Yeah, very, like very. We all got the similar flag, too. That's why <laughs> yeah. we keep on fighting each other. I, guess. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> We're a copycat, they say. Because <laughs> I grew up with you know, a lot of Irish family. Huh. You know, that we'll go into that later. Yeah, so so <laughs> you mentioned the mafioso. You know, some people were the working people, the fishermen, and and then the mafioso. I was just talking to, with a guy who, an Irish guy, as a matter of fact, Ireland Irish people seem to have an affinity for Sicily. Uh, an Irish yeah. guy who has bought a house over there and he's getting it fixed up, and and he said for him to do this, he had to go to a local fixer that he didn't know if he was mafia or mafioso. <laughs> And so kind of how does that work, this local fixer? Is that, I mean, you know, what we think of as a mafia here in the United States, it's well, it, it's different, I think, than in Sicily. Can you compare that? Well, you know, like a real estate guy that is financier-like. Yeah. You know, he goes out and find a property for you uh, or the seller or the buyer. That's what it was to be the way that I was there. Okay. I don't know the change now. I, I don't know. Because, uh, you know, the only time I went back there to visit my sisters, my dad eventually retired there. He had the house by the beach, you know, he built a home there. So, but I don't know much about what the, the law is there. The only thing I know, American law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as a child growing up, I guess, in this town, Sicilian town, then what was, were the schools, were they all Catholic schools, part of the church? Catholic schools, or were they public oh, schools yeah. and Catholic yeah. schools? Yeah. Only Catholic schools. and you know, For the town, I mean, for city school, public school, or would you call it a public school? Okay. There was no Catholic school. Oh, you okay. Went to, you went to kidney garden. That was like a big process before you do your communion. Yeah. You go there for two years, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when you do your confirmation, another two years. So that, if you call that a Catholic school, it was given from the church. Okay. Very, 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 a lot of churches in my town, 28 churches. But then <laughs> you went on so. to public school on the next several years. You went on to public school. No, when I came to, yeah. Well, I won't, I only did there fifth grade. I didn't okay. even finish it because I came here on December twenty third in nineteen sixty five. Okay. So I was in the fifth grade. So I had to leave school. So I had already fourth grade at the school over there, two and a half. So when I came here, uh, they put me in the sixth grade uh -huh. with a lot of kids. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, public school. Now I'm the guy that is a illiterate. Yeah. I was looked down because I was an immigrant, so I took my punches. Yeah, you know, and and then I went to the seventh grade, which was junior high school. Did Did you speak any English at all? No, oh, no, 
when yeah. I first got there. Wow. Did this? Did the school have any way for you to have extra classes in speaking English or the church? Sometimes the church here in Kansas City, Don Bosco Center for New Immigrants, will have special classes for people to learn English, newly arrived well, people. Well, they, they put us in a class that where they teach you the vowel, A, B, C, D, F, F, you know, how to pronounce it. And we were a mixture of Puerto Ricans and Italians. The mm -hmm. blacks who are already English. Yeah. You know, but but that's when we came here in Red Hook, there was three different people. Italian, Puerto Ricans, and black, the project. Mm -hmm. And the school was right in the center of the three areas. Mm. So when we went to school, you know, we mingled. The girls are black, girls, Spanish. So there was a lot of fighting. I bet. You know? We were in the middle. I was, me and other guys, immigrants, we were in the middle. You know, that we were getting picked on all the time. Mm -hmm. all, you know, both groups. Not by the Italians, but the other group. <laughs> so you had to get into a rumble. Yeah. It was like a West Side Story. <laughs> Another movie. Yeah, I do. Interesting. <laughs> the the Sharks and the story? Jets. Yeah, the so, Sharks yeah. and the Jets. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. Then we had a we had the dances every Friday night uh -huh. from the church, the Catholic church. Yeah. That's how it was bigger, like uh, to get the kids, you know, involved with the church. We had, had the music, the band, and it was like like I said, it, it was like a West Side story. <laughs> That's it. Fighting. They would fight and stabbing. Yeah. You know, so my father got us out of there and went to Glendale, Queen. Uh, with all German. All German and Arab. Uh, That's it. Interesting. And, uh, he, he bought a, a luncheonette that belonged to a German family. Uh -huh. Immigrant family. There was a lot of German immigrants there. We bought that place. With the building, I mean, at that time it wasn't a lot of money, you know. Actually, we had no heat in that building, you know. The water pipes that brings in heat, <laughs> so he got a good price. And there was a pizzeria, like two blocks away, that was a mafiota. Uh -huh. That's how the story starts. Now. That's how you get America. started. Interesting. That's how. Uh, Let me how, ask uh, one one last question or two about life in Sicily. And then let's move on into the yeah. United States. Yeah. Uh, in Sicily, we met, you mentioned mafioso. So now, how did you see evidence of that? You, did you hear your father and your uncles or older men talking about, you know, he's a mafioso or, you know, that guy's connected? Did, did you see any evidence of that? What do you remember about that? How, okay. how ingrained in the society was it? Okay. My father left for America. I was nine years old. Okay, when he left, and he put me with one of his friends, a barber shop, with a cut hair, shave. Mm -hmm. So because I was wild going in the mountain, I wanted to see. I was very adventurous, <laughs> but he was very protective, and he, he no, nobody could control me. So he put me to work to sweep in the barber shop. I mean, with his friend. This way, after school, I would go there. And the guy took me in like 
like an older brother, you know, he, he was not an old guy. People come there, they were, like I said, cattle people, sheep herders, farmers, you know, their own land. And that's how I coached on the type of people that were there. The residents, normal people, and there was the people, mafiosi. Sometimes they came in with a shotgun, too, you know, so mm-hmm. because they usually watch the land. But the, what, uh, the most that I admire was the band Turidu Julian. The Sicilian, never heard of him. Huh? Oh, uh, 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 he, he was uh, like a Robin Hood. Ah, okay. He was a Robin Hood, like his actor. He was in Time Magazine. Look it up. Okay, say, uh, say that Say that name again a little slower. Say that name again. Salvatore Julian. He just put it on from Sicily. Okay. And the bandit Salvatore Giuliano from Montelebre. Okay. Okay. I'll you look can it see up. the whole story. And there's a lot of real mafia there, you know. I mean, the mafia, the government. That's what I grew up with. Okay. All right. Then it turned out to be, I mean, I don't want to talk about his story. I want to talk about my story. Right. I understand. But, <laughs> but he's dead. They, he only lived to 40 years old, man. The, 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 it's a story, very interesting. They made a movie. Mario Puzo made a movie. Mm. You never heard. Of it. No, but it was, no, it was called. It was. Oh. It was called the Sicilian. Oh, I have heard of that. I, I don't know if I, I've seen it. It's been a long time. The Sicilian. Okay. The oh, Sicilian. Look that up. Okay. Interesting. Mario Puzo wrote it. So he was from, and that that man was from. I can't pronounce his name, of Mont- course. Salvatore. Mont- Salvatore Giuliano. Giuliano uh, Salvatore Giuliano was from your area down in there, from the mountains around. Montalegre, right. Okay. And to I me, see. it was a Fox Zero, you know, because he came from a poor family too. Mm-hmm. The Carabinieri means the police. You know, they always abused them about if he had grains, they took it away from him. You know, so he was like my Fox Zero. But at the end, they set him up, they kill a lot of people, and they blame him for it. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the, the that's the story, what happened to him. He was very famous, but they want to get him out of the picture because he will fight with the police all, all the time. Oh? I see. And so he, he was kind of a folk hero for most of the people yeah. in your town. Yeah. 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 Not for the police. Not for the police. <laughs> they, they hate him. They hated him. And the mafia hated him, too. Oh, really? Because, yes, because he didn't want to be he wanted to be his own man. Ah, like so. my story in America, I want to be my own man. Yeah, okay. That, that's really interesting. So in Sicily, you the mafia probably is more like in Palermo and more like a national criminal organization yes. in Sicily. But then you had somebody like, Salvatore Giuliano up in the mountains, who was a mafioso himself with his own crew. Yeah. And, and they, all right, that, that is an interesting distinction between the two. Yes. Very. Yes. So it's my family, my, my uncle, they had, like I say, they had to protect the fishermen, you know, the, 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 the doing business with people, you know, 
So they would get shaked down too. They would mm-hmm. try to take away the good because that do, that's what they did. Like with the cattle or the sheep, they used to rob from the normal farmer and they go in the black market and sell it. Yeah. You know? And and that's how the mafia operate. Right. You know, they, they steal, they they thieve, and they hurt people. So many people in your town would then look to Salvatore to help provide some protection from these more lower rent, more almost like street well, that we're stealing from them. Is that? Not that he protected the people. He protect his town. With the, is okay. the town of Montalibre, not my okay. town. Not your town, but another town. Okay. Yeah, his town where he was born. Okay, interesting. You know, his family, all the people that joined them. They were from Montalembe. So he got it like a group of 40 bandits, mm-hmm. maybe more. But they're all from, all from his town. Every town has their thing. Okay. In Sicily. There's a mafioso in every town. I see. Interesting. I'd heard something along those lines. I didn't quite understand it. Now I'm beginning to understand it because most of those, those villages and towns are pretty remote from. Palermo, the the major city, and right. can't think what's a what's a major city on the other side. Tropani, yeah, Tropani, yeah. From those major cities, we get out in the mountains in the middle, and then you're pretty isolated from everybody else around. Yes, yes, yes. So the the toughest guy, you know, stands out. I see. He helps his people. He, you know, and whatever it is, protect the land. Protect the cattle, protect the sheep. That was mafioso. You know, the guy, you know, you got to deal with this guy from town. He's got the shotgun and he's ready to use it <laughs> and protect somebody else's property. Cool. Well, cool. It, there was no drug. No, no, no drugs. Drug, yeah. No heroin. No heroin. The only thing you would get in the town was the smuggled cigarettes, American cigarettes. Yeah. You know, and the big thing was gasoline. Mm-hmm. You know, block market, the gas for the boat. You know, so mm-hmm. that was a big thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of those, the heroin trade started out of those cigarette smugglers. There was a lot of cigarette smuggling after World War II. Yes. And a lot of, and that's where all those heroin, heroin trafficker came, traffickers came out of that little subculture of cigarette smugglers. They realize there's a lot more money in heroin in their world. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. You got it. You got that, yeah. Uh, wonder, was your father ever tempted to, he had, since he had a boat, wonder if he was ever tempted to, to no. make a little extra money smuggling cigarettes. Actually, I, I, I seen my father go back to Sicily once he was here in America that they were starting to bring in heroin from boat. Mm-hmm. And he had to go back and, you know, make a point that they're not allowed to come to the town with that, you uh, know, uh, with the fishermen. And, you know, there was a little bit of challenges. I don't know if somebody got killed or something, but never happened. They never brought the drug. Interesting. Well, that's uh, <laughs> that's quite a story from Sicily. You've got a heck of a story before you even got here. <laughs> really <laughs> well, interesting story. Uh, I, I, I know these guys out here, and myself included, we all are we're kind of fascinated by that life in Sicily, and, and it's 
even today, I want to get there myself one of these days. It it just seems so romantic and got these little villages around and and you kind of get away from this crazy ass life we live in the cities here in the United States. <laughs> this looks beautiful as far as beauty, everything. You know, I mean, the sea, the Mediterranean, beautiful. It's like we think about in America, go to the Bahamas, mm-hmm. Bermuda, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. I, I, I look at I look at the videos on YouTube all the time of people that have gone there shoot videos of of Sicily and <laughs> get get a, a villa where you can see Mount Etna, you know, from your window, your balcony, yeah, 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 yeah. and the ocean, <laughs> and the yeah. and the Mediterranean Sea seems so blue there. It just seems so green, pure, blue, green, black. crystalline, just just yeah. pure. I mean, it just looks so good. Yes. All right, well, let's let's move along in, in this next segment. Let's move along to your life in the United States. And as your father, you know, he, he had a restaurant and and there were mafia around and they had the lunch wagon business. And the, and, and so as you grew up and, and grew into that and, and those people were in your life, let's talk about that. In the next episode, guys, be sure and watch the second part of this two-part interview with Giacomo Jack Amato, a man who started his life in Sicily and saw real deal mafioso carrying shotguns around in his small town and his village, told us all about what that life was like over there. And now in the next episode, he's going to tell us what life was like for an immigrant coming from the United States who then ends up working with some of the top Bonanno people like Rusty Ristelli. So thanks a lot, guys. Don't forget, I like to ride motorcycles. Uh, so watch out for motorcycles when you're out there on the streets. And if you have a problem with PTSD and you've been in the service, the VA website has a good hotline for that. And, you know, alcohol and drug addiction goes right along with PTSD. And whether you've been in the service or not, you can get hold of former Gambino man, Anthony Ruggiano. He is a drug and alcohol counselor down there in Florida. And on his website and his YouTube page, he has a hotline. So give him a shot if if you have a problem with drugs or alcohol. And don't forget to like and subscribe and tell your friends about the podcast and share it on your social media and do all those kinds of things. And and rest assured that I really like putting these out and I really like getting these great mob stories like we had today, some really previously unknown mob stories. And he's got his books out there, A Father's Belief, And I'll have links to the Amazon page for those books. So look for his books. Thanks a lot, guys.